0: Sabine resumes her Jedi training. Hera asks the New Republic for help. Hu Yang makes a key discovery and more as the Sky Guys are back to recap part three of Ahsoka.
1: We are back here on the Sky, guys, recapping part three of Ahsoka. It's time to fly on the podcast. I'm your host, Mike Phillips. Join me today, as always. his voice here. You're hearing the narration every single week. Pete Constory is here. Pete, how are you?
0: Doing fantastic. This show is fantastic. Part three was fantastic. Well, let's not go that far. But it was great. <laughs> I'm excited to talk to you guys about it. Uh, and, of course, always great having you guys uh, to talk about Star Wars with you. So, very, very pumped.
1: Also here with us today, a member of the New Republic's
2: Intelligence Committee here. Nick Freyetta is here. Nick, how are you? I've been better. I got a bug bite on my foot and it's killing me. And I've been itching it nonstop for like three, four days. But besides that, I'm doing well. Yeah, it does
1: sound good. You're also with us here today... uh, we talked to him a bit in the offseason about Star Wars Rebels. He's a fully converted Rebels fan. Now he's here with us to do the first episode of Ahsoka coverage. Uh, Nick, Nick, Nick D'Alessio is here. Nick, how are you?
3: I'm great. Thank you for having me. I am always excited to be on this guy, guys. So thanks for having me.
1: Yeah, Thanks for coming on here. And how have you liked the first three episodes so far?
3: Mwah, chef's kiss. <laughs> it's exactly it's like exactly what I wanted. I wanted uh, we, we had talked about it in the preview. I was like, I'm hoping this is just some like Star Wars and this is like, it's Star Wars. It's great. I love it so far.
1: Yeah, it's Star. It's as you had said, it's Star Wars. Ask Star Wars what you wanted.
3: Star Wars. Ask Star Wars. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Here, and I also want to point out here. Nick joined us in our group chat last night. He came to the group watch with uh, me, and Nick Fryetta, and uh, friends of the podcast. Joe, someone we'll be hearing from in a few weeks. So fun, con- fun experience doing the group watch.
3: Yeah, it's super cool. It's 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 nice watching it with people. Even if even if it's like not in the same room, it's still fun watching it with with people at the same time.
1: It is here. I know you had a question you wanted to ask the Sky Guys panel, so I'll give you the floor here.
3: Yeah, so I think the thing that uh, WWE fans and Star Wars fans all have in common is they think they can write it better, you know? So I have a I have a pitch. I'm going to do my, uh, my what I think the sequel trilogy could have been pitch, and I want to know what you guys think about it. So um, I think what Ahsoka is showing us is that Ahsoka can be, like, a really good main character. So what if the sequel trilogies... And before I say this, I have nothing against Daisy Ridley. I think she did a phenomenal job. I think any flaws with Rey was not her fault. What if Rey was Ahsoka instead? Because then, like, now you got the old school fans who are, like, excited about this. You got new fans who can learn who she is. And you wouldn't even really need to change that much. You could do, like... um Like, Kylo Ren could still be there. You know, all those plot lines could still be there, but it's just Ahsoka instead. So then... You know, as it progresses, by the time you get to the second one, she meets Luke and him wanting to hold on to the old Jedi ways. She's like, no, you shouldn't do that. Here's why I did this, blah, blah, blah. Um, and instead of Snoke, it's Starkiller and Starkiller and Kylo Ren. Because now you have Ahsoka, you have Anakin's Padawan and you have Vader's Padawan. So now the whole Rise of Skywalker would be, you know, Luke and Ahsoka against against vader's apprentice and 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 the guy who is obsessed with vader and that could all culminate to kind of that whole thing and i'm just wondering what you guys think if that was the movie instead if that was the trilogy how that would work out for you guys
0: p hey, you look interested i i mean I, I i think you you hit a nail on the head there i think that would have been so much better um again like i said race character anything that daisy really did was fine and she, she did great in the, in the role it's just the things outside of her control I think that messed up that character right um so I agree with Nick 100 percent, and um I just think I think it makes the most sense you could probably take Ahsoka you probably wouldn't have an Ahsoka show right you would probably take Ahsoka season one and that would be culminated into maybe movies one and two um maybe you start off as like a rebel season five like we're kind of doing here find Ezra do what you gotta do and then kind of move forward I think that would have worked so much better than the Ass backwards storyline they tried to do. I understood the intention of the of the sequels, but, but they tried to do with the sequels. I think this would have been so much better.
2: Nick Fradiani, your thoughts? Uh, yeah, I I like it. I think that the only issue I have with the story is it might be too. I don't know the word. I want to say like too Hollywood. But that's not the word. Um, like too much fan service in a way. Yeah, you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, you feel
1: like you'd be tough to sell to sell these casualties. Oh, look, this character's existed for about a decade before this movie. Go watch
2: all this stuff. Maybe, but, but I mean, I, but I, like, I love the idea. I think it would it would hit a lot more. It would make more sense and tie things back to the original trilogy more, which in my opinion, the other one, like the one we got now, didn't. But then at the last second, like, oh, we got to tie this in. Let's get Palpatine, you know, stuff like that. It's just a mess, but I think it sort of tied the trilogy better. Yeah. I
3: right? th- and like, what a better way to put a pin in the Skywalker saga than like the two different sides of Anakin coming together in a one final culmination.
1: Yeah. Story wise, I like it. The problem I see here, which is why I think Dizzy would never do this here, is like, I have not seen them before this market a Star Wars property where the main character is not a humanoid of some form.
3: Yeah, there's that.
1: Because, like, what do you mean? Like, every, like, in terms of, like, being, like, not an alien, like, being the lead character in this, where, like, the original three are all human, like, the prequel three are human, the sequel three are human, uh, Mando himself is a human, Boba was a, a human clone, so, like, this would be the first, like, non-human lead character in a Star Wars
2: movie. You mean besides the show we're talking about right now?
1: Y- yeah, because this would be instead of that. I don't think they were comfortable at that point to do that. Perhaps.
3: Well, oh, that was my that was my pitch. So, uh, if you go to my uh, GoFundMe, we can we can start. You know, put as much money in as you want. We'll we'll get this ball rolling. So, yeah,
2: yeah, we're gonna need about five hundred million dollars.
3: Yeah, you gotta start somewhere, potentially, potentially more. <laughs> Easy.
2: Let's get get Zack Snyder on board. He'll do it for us.
3: Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
2: All right. for so- reference: The Force Awakens was a four hundred and forty seven million dollar budget. So, with inflation since then, we're gonna need a, a, a lot more than that. Yeah, so, uh,
1: Pete, people want to follow us here on The Sky, guys. You can do so on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, Amazon, all your suspects. Simply search for The Sky, here favorite podcast platform and five episodes there. Those of you who are from Justin, The Suffering Podcast, you're hearing us three days late because the podcast dropped already. So if you want to get it as soon as it comes out, subscribe here.
0: Yeah, absolutely subscribe. We say it every week. Um, we're not lying to you. You get that content quicker, so definitely subscribe.
2: Absolutely here. And Nick, Fred. People want to follow us on social media streets, how can they do that? Um, you can follow us at Sky Guys Podcast. It's going to be on Instagram, it's on Twitter, it's on Threads, and it's on TikTok.
1: Yeah, and for the peeps who follow us on Instagram and all four hundred sixteen thousand of you who watched the video about uh, Morgan Elsbeth here, we're going to point out here that we know that the that dark magic is tied to the Force. We're trying to simplify it for the audience.
2: Oh yeah, that number is now up to four hundred and eighteen thousand. So yeah, so uh, thanks for watching.
1: Thanks for checking us out there. And uh, Nick D, if you want to check out the YouTube version Mike Phillips on YouTube, they can follow our video version. You'll see all our fancy Zoom backgrounds, your actual background, and our props. And as always, so I have some more Lego stuff coming related to this. But for now, I'll stick with uh, Lego Ahsoka once again, Nick.
3: Yeah. And uh, I feel like where your guys show really shines is the trackers and all those visuals. So if you're not watching, you're missing out on all that.
1: Absolutely. Let's get to some Star Wars news. Nick, here's a little Nick Friday, a little light week here, I'd say.
2: Yeah, um, a very light week. Uh, The first thing I have here is that Disney announced the... Or was it Disney who announced this? I don't know, actually. You tell me. It was Disney. Okay, so Disney announced the the Ahsoka premiere viewership totals, and it came in at 14 million viewers. Worldwide. Worldwide. Um,
1: That's it. Yeah, because I think that came out, Pete. Because they initially, there reports coming out that Ahsoka drew to one point two million domestically, which would be about on par with Andor and lower than both Mando three and Boa Fed. So Disney said, "Look, fourteen million worldwide. A lot of people do care about Ahsoka."
0: I mean, the fact that yes, I understand it's under Mando season three, but Mando kind of built up the name, right? I think Ahsoka is still new, quote unquote, um, for the people that have not been following Star Wars like we have. Um, so I mean, 14 million globally and 1.2 million domestically for a brand new show with a quote-unquote brand new character is, I think, pretty good. Um, is it what you want as an investor, or you know, you know, in the boardroom, you're looking at numbers, saying is the show a success? Maybe not, but you take that into consideration.
1: Yeah, you absolutely see that in consideration here. And uh, Nick Fryer, what else
2: you got in the news department? So Disney has officially defined eras within star wars on the website so there is a new section to the star wars website oh there you go mike sharing it on the screen right now if you're joining us on the video version if not i'll try to name a few here to kind of help you walk through here they go from the dawn of the jedi and the old republic to the fall of the jedi the reign of the empire and then to the rise of, like they have a bunch of them there's i'm not going to name all of them here, but there's one two three four five six there's nine different eras in star wars and then they Underneath, have a little explanation on what they are and what and what um, shows and movies fall underneath these the umbrella of those. So, if you are interested, you can read it. And then we have the last one there: the new Jedi, the Order. New Jedi Order, which would be the Ray um, movie that we're expecting. So, yeah, yeah. a lot of things. To look forward to also the you know not not much there under the old republic so that'd be nice to get something there. Yeah, Nick
1: D, I know you're a big old republic fan. It's Nice to see them acknowledge the old republic's existence in canon here and the note on the old republic is the republic is founded on the worlds of the galactic core and the Jedi Order protect protected. A schism within the Jedi leads to the creation of the Sith in this epic era. I mean, I feel like we're eventually going to get a project in this space here like if this again just give us the Coder adaptation, put it in this space. It fits exactly what they described there.
3: It it's like it's like my Pitch with Ahsoka. It's it's there. It's sitting there. Just it's low hanging fruit. Just do it already. Um, I know down a little bit further. Was there um under like Vader Immortal? That's actually Caden because that's the I believe that's the VR game I where you're with with Darth Vader. So. Yeah, that's
2: I I, I. I might be wrong about this. If I'm wrong about this, anyone listening to the episode or anyone who is here on this panel right now could correct me. I believe every single Star Wars. Piece of media, all of them except the Lego stuff that's come out since 2015. Which, is when they wiped away the old canon, is canon. Yeah, I mean, we see yeah. a lot of video games in here. I mean, you got both
1: Jedi games in here. You have Vader Immortal. You have uh, Battlefront Two and Squadrons
2: are both considered canon as well.
3: Interesting. Hmm. No forced uh, unleash. Yeah, um, my
2: understanding that everything from 2015 on which is when they declared all EU material to be legends everything since then is canon except for like the lego stuff i think everything else is and nick
1: freeda one more down here for you tales of the galaxy's edge also listed in the uh, canon section Mm-hmm. that's right yeah
2: so it's, it's it's you're there
1: you're 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 in star wars history yep you are in star wars history at uh dis- at disney world so is that everything you got, Nick, this week? Yep, that is it. All right, so let's go ahead here now. We'll go to general thoughts here on part three, uh, time to fly here. A very short episode of Ahsoka, about 33 minutes before credits here. So, Pete, what did you? What was your big takeaway from this episode?
0: Um, We got a good amount of action. I don't think story was the forefront of it. And when I say story, I mean a lot of like hard-hitting stuff. I think we had the story progress a little bit. But it was mainly a nice action piece to break up. Maybe what will be a very, very heavy story. Um, The first two episodes had a lot of it. I enjoyed it. I've heard people that I know say it was kind of slow, but they still liked it. So I think this is a nice breakup of the of the episodes. I think maybe next episode we get a little bit more story that's hard hitting. Um, But yeah, overall, uh, I loved it. Uh, Nick D, what about you?
3: Yeah, my first thought was like, I liked everything that happened in it, but it was way too short. Um, but then, you know, having some time to digest and get ready for the, the podcast, I kind of, uh, a lot of seeds were planted. Like, I think a lot of, uh, this was kind of a, I wish, I wish in an eight episode show, they didn't do like a setup episode, but this kind of set up a whole lot of stuff and the things that it set up are pretty exciting. So, but I thought it was good.
2: Uh, Nick, Fran, your, your thoughts. I think it was great. It was lore packed. There was tons to, to digest to, to to dissect in this episode. There was a lot that happened but I think it was painfully short. I think it needed to be like 15 to even 20 minutes longer, but it doesn't take away from how good of an episode it was. I think it was a really good episode. It could have been a little bit better if it was longer, but I I thought it was great. And like I said, there were a lot of lore in there.
1: Yeah. I also like that. We spent a lot of time on the Sabine-Ahsoka relationship, which we had heard like off screen about stuff, but it's nice to see them give that some time to thrive and sort of, Let's, as the audience, see that dynamic play out because apart from the scene with Hera and the New Republic, like, uh, Senate meeting, or and a little bit of the uh, Team Elsbeth trying to take them down, like, this, oh, this is all Sabine and Ahsoka Pete,
0: yeah, for sure. I mean, this is this is their episode, it's, it's going to be their show, right? It's going to be mainly them, too, and then we're going to have the supporting characters around them. I mean, this is this is something that we've talked about extensively. Um, but yeah, it was a, it was a cool episode. I hate to be that guy and say there's not much to talk about there's a lot of lore that was planted like like nick said um freda but i just uh, to, to me it's just very action-packed and and like even nick Freya said painfully short i want i want another 10 or 20 minutes as well
1: yeah it's a good sound a good show people like they leave you wanting more
0: 100 yeah
1: let's get into the episode here we we'll start with the opening sequence here where we see sabine doing some training where who yang is going over some like lightsaber forms with her and then Ahsoka gives her the drill of the old Luke Skywalker drill. He learn from Obi-Wan, like put the helmet on and use the Force to sense where your attackers are coming from here. So Nick D., what did you think of this uh, opening training sequence?
3: Yeah, I thought it was cool. It's cool to um, you know, see that dynamic of Ahsoka now as the, the one doing the training. I think for so long, we know Ahsoka as the one being trained, so it's cool to see her apply what bit of Jedi knowledge she has to... Sabine, and you're kind of seeing them try to repair their relationship along the lines uh, at the same time as well. And uh, it's cool. the little call back to to the Obi-Wan training Luke with uh, with the no vision and stuff. So I think all, all that was pretty cool. I like I like seeing that.
1: Yeah. Nick, Fred, I also did like the fact that like Sabine is a bit like Lucas. He's like, how am I supposed to do this? Like I can't see where I'm going. And so because like, hey, like use your sense to pick it up. Otherwise, like if I attacked with this you'd be dead.
2: Yeah, I like it. It's it's good. Uh, I, I don't have an issue with it. I do kind of feel like they throw things in the show like this so people will look at the screen and point to go, oh, remember that from A New Hope? Like, yeah, I mean, I, we get it. I, I think of it a lot as Kanan, though, too. Like, you know, you kind of had to wear that thing permanently after a while. So um, I just find it odd, actually, that we've kind of gone two episodes here without mentioning him.
1: I mean, we kind of did. Or, excuse me,
2: three episodes. Where we just kind of had like a little... Two weeks, sentence maybe about, and that's about it. Two weeks, three episodes basically. Yeah, but we've gotten three episodes here, but all we've heard really the tone is like one sentence about Kanan. I find that a little surprising.
1: Yeah, and Pete, I did also like the fact that like Hu Yang was talking a lot of shit about Sabine. He's like, Yeah, she's one of the worst like trainees we ever had. Like, why are we wasting our time? I did think it was funny to see Hu Yang basically like, who we know is this old oh, straight lace like serious teacher. Like, yeah, she sucks.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I appreciate it. I think there's times where they force droids to be funny, and this seems to be organically funny. I am um, totally okay with him being a little bit of comic relief with Chopper. Still, Chopper still has a special place in my heart. I don't think anyone's going to take that away. Uh, but, yeah, it was it was appreciated. I liked it. I don't think it makes it look uh, cringy or tacky at all.
1: Yeah, and Nick, Nick D, I did also love the fact that it's so, like, you told her she's not good. He's like, like, would you want me to lie?
3: Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I feel like, uh, it, Hu Yang is not forced humor. He's just like telling the truth. And it's funny because of how blunt he's being about it. He's like, yeah, she's not good. I told her the truth. What do you want from me? Yeah, so.
1: yeah that's, that's what's going on here. And then we go to, I think our biggest non, uh, Ahsoka Sabine set piece of the episode where Hera is on a capital ship. She's, get, she's going to, have a virtual meeting, which she's going to zoom in with Mod Mothma, who's the new Republic Chancellor, and several senators here. And uh, Nick Ferreira, one of the senators, is a character who some of the casual thing I heard, but he is in canon already.
2: Uh, you're going to have to help me with his pronunciation. It's it's, it's Giano. Giano? Yeah, Giano. I think Giano. I think Giano. So Senator Giano, he's from the 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 Star Wars Resistance show, which aired. I have no idea where it aired. <laughs> but it aired um, maybe 2018 until like 20, 2020 probably. I have no clue where it aired. Probably on Disney Channel, I would assume. I would assume it was Dis- probably Disney XD or something. Yeah, but he, he – um, so the senator here. Uh, I believe I believe am I wrong about this is his son the main character of the show yes okay so yeah I, 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 that last name looks looks familiar his son is the main character of the show I've seen a few episodes of the show I don't know if you guys have watched any of it uh, we have not. I've seen I've seen maybe the first like six seven episodes of the show nothing more but anywho he is from there and I am just up to here. With the New Republic, and this guy is, you know, he sucks too, but the entire, the entire of the government, and it actually kind of gets on my nerves because it's just convenient to the plot that it makes sense that the New Republic has to be failures, otherwise it wouldn't make sense that the First Order would rise without anyone noticing. So, like, it, it's annoying because they had to do that, and this is like, oh, it's like a cop-out to make the sequels make sense because throughout time, it's like, 2015 force awakens comes out and everyone leaves the theater like oh i liked it and like but how did they build this whole army without anyone noticing and it's like oh we're gonna explain it to you in this show eight years in the future and it's like oh you didn't really explain it you just kind of made it make sense by default which is what i'm a little upset about but very annoying that like they don't believe her and especially him but it seems like man mothma is not even really involved and one thing i did like about the scene though the serious nature of Mon Mothma and in, in terms of like the politics and whatnot has carried over from Andor, I think, very well.
1: Yeah, Pete, did you like seeing uh, Chancellor Mon Mothma here?
0: I did. I, I not to say I have to disagree with Nick, but I think that Mon Mothma got a little soft. I think obviously it's more of a democracy now, and the Republic is trying to be. But all those senators were very just like, yeah, we don't want to do this for you, Hera. So tough shit. And I and Mon Mothma was like. Sorry, we're not doing it for you. I feel like the old Mon Mothma, or at least the Mon Mothma prior um, to the Rebellion, was more, no, we need to do this. This is a serious thing. And I feel like she kind of just brushed this one off. Um, So it was nice to see Mon Mothma. I just think her character did change a little bit.
2: Yeah, Nick. I actually actually have to jump in because I don't necessarily agree. Because... 100% 100% agreed in Andor that was how she was and how she was in the prequel movies or at least at the leaded scene on the prequels but in Rogue One she was very much the same way where the council didn't support the decision to attack Scarif and she was like yeah I, I'm not doing it but um, I had another point but I can't remember it but yeah, so, so that's also, what I have to say about, about my Mothma. I
1: was also Nick D second about my, but my, my, my. I feel like she's sort of the point where she's like gone through the whole war and she does not want to do it again this is a bit of I think willful ignorance here where she's like okay like i found, if i don't see it it's not a problem and therefore like if we don't that's exactly what see, i was gonna say we don't actually well, you, see thrawn being there like it's and Thrawn's and nobody's seen him in decade he's not here like i'm not gonna worry about starting another war and building an army gives people a chance to do it
3: you, you see it in her face when when they're showing all the senators like the whole council they're all like no nah, we don't want to do this but the second Thrawn's name is involved look at mon mothma's face she's kind of like like you see in her face she's like that could be bad but she knows she doesn't have the support so she, instead of saying anything she's just like sorry but like y- you see it in her face she knows that like this could be bad but i don't know I, she doesn't do anything about it though so i guess at the end of the day that's she's a politician once she's in power and she has to do what politicians do and like you said the it has to fail cuz the 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 because of the sequel so the, you're kind of seeing it fail
2: yeah then the, the whole idea of the the new republic of the war especially with these senators we see in the room the, the four of them or whatever it was plus ma mothma is they don't want another war to happen so they just pretend it doesn't exist and pretend the whole threat doesn't exist meanwhile it just rises up under their nose i guess you could say and that's unfortunate
1: yeah nick for isn't it in Canada i believe that like ma mothma was a big role in like demilitarizing the Republic are saying, like, we're not going to have this big standing military force to avoid the temptation of another war.
2: Yeah, and that's not, it's not uh, an issue necessarily there. I think the issue is more of a, all right, if you demilitarize, that's one thing, but if you completely ignore threats based on the fact that you don't want them to be true, that's the problem.
0: Kind of reminds me of the whole Mandalore, the way they ran that planet with uh, Duchess Satine. We're yeah. not going to go to war. We're not going to do this. Meanwhile, there was a lot of shit happening, and it wound up you just lost the planet. And it just seems very reminiscent of that.
1: Very, hear no evil, see no evil.
0: Yeah, I mean it's 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 ignorant negligence.
1: Yeah, spe- and speak of ignorant negligence here. I mean, uh, Senator Giano here is like a real dick to Hera, who has actually fought in the war. I did love Nick D. She called him out on. He's like, hey, like. I fought in the war, like you just sat back and watched to see who won. So like I gave her credit for calling him out on his bullshit.
3: Yeah, you know, I wasn't completely sold on uh live action hero, but that moment where she's like, well, I fought in a war, what did you do? I was like, Okay, yeah, cool. She's she's got it. Um uh also the I just I googled it. The show it was on uh Disney is where it aired for the first time on the Disney Channel. So
1: persistence here and uh Nick Fred like Seattle basically makes the argument, like, hey like you're trying to spend our money to go on a wild goose chase and try and find your friend Ezra Bridger who died, and we know he's dead. So, I mean, te- I mean, technically, uh, he could argue that, but it's like it does I mean, feel yeah, insensitive.
2: We think he's wrong. We're ninety nine percent sure he's wrong. Right? I imagine we just found Ezra at the end and he was dead. But, um but from the outside eye, he's right. Yeah. Like we think he's wrong because this show exists. But if you were a member of the Senate too and you heard this, you'd be like, all right, she's he's clearly right. So I don't blame him for making that statement because if an outside person as I mentioned the common man in the Star Wars world they're sure Ezra's dead yeah all of them yeah I mean I'm sure they looked for a few years trying to find him and no one could find him yeah so I don't blame him for thinking that I would think the same thing yeah like did you think Tupac is alive Mike uh no we can ask Aaron Rodgers but I have a different <laughs> opinion <laughs> well that's, that's that's the
1: same Ezra is Tupac yeah as that said i don't think we make pete that ezra is tupac
0: yeah i mean i think <laughs> i want that I, t-shirt <laughs> right i think that it would have made more sense to have that senator say look we did this already x amount of years ago and we couldn't find him so why would we do make let you do it again yeah. i think that would have been a more presentable script for that character to make him i mean look he's gonna come off as a dick regardless but I think that would have made more sense than just be like, no, you just want to get your friend back. He's dead. Like, there's no proof that he's dead. Like, they don't say we tried looking for him. There's no, like, oh, it's definitely the case. So I think the writing there was a little shiesty. I think it was just a little – you could have done a little bit more.
1: I think it may have did that just make a guy look like a dick.
0: Pro- probably. And 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 that's fine. But at the end of the day, the way they presented it was was more so that other than what could have been, like Nick was saying, like, from the outside looking in, why are we making, why we do this again if we already did it kind of a thing, right?
1: Yeah. So, anyway, she leaves the me. meeting. hair kind of knows, hey, I'm not getting any help here. But then we do get Jason Sandula, her son with Kanan. And we get first, Mon Mothman asks how he is during the meeting. He's like, oh, he's, he's off with Chopper somewhere. We
0: see him come out and Pete,
1: Lego was wrong. He has green hair.
0: He has green hair. I mean, he had, did he have green hair in Rebels? He did. Yeah. So, I mean, Lego, Lego messed that up pretty bad. Yeah, they gave him um, brown hair for some reason yeah i i don't know maybe they just figured it wasn't worth making green-haired pieces they'll just throw some brown hair on on uh, jason but uh, at least the show got it right right lego if they get it wrong whatever at this point
1: yeah and nick Fred, we do see that uh jason is hanging out with chopper you see that uh he's got the little side like sigil piece on his shoulder like kanan used to wear that was a nice touch as well and He does get the story, hey, like, Chopper told me Sabine's going to be a Jedi. I want to be a Jedi someday. So that was a fun little introduction to uh, Jason to us. It was. And
2: I guess if you don't know who he is, he's Kanan and Hera's son.
1: Yes, he is here. And uh, Nick, I may point out here, like, the choice to leave Chopper as the babysitter is probably not the wisest one because he's probably not teaching uh, Jason the right things.
3: If if nobody said it before you transitioned on, I was going to say, also, why are you leaving your kid with Chopper? <laughs> like of all people, like Chopper, the one who wanted to kill a baby, a baby, force sensitive baby, in order to help the mission, you're going to leave your child with him. But, yeah. but also, I guess uh, if we were wondering how like Twi'lek and human anatomy works together, I guess they make a human looking baby with green hair. I guess I don't know. That's good to know.
1: Yeah, it's good to know here. And uh, Pete, why I, is that good to know?
3: Uh, rule, what are you rule planning? 30, <laughs> rule thirty four. Don't just Google it. Go on the internet. You'll see some weird things. So,
1: yes. So, uh, Pete, I will say the positive of leaving uh, Chopper with uh, leaving Chopper in charge, Jace, is that like we see he's willing to like murder anyone to like help to help the cause. Will, if Jace is in danger, he will do anything to save that kid. But at the same time, might teach him more crimes.
0: Maybe. I mean, this seems like a a typical thing, right? And one of the characters, I can't remember who, um, was asking, like, Where, where's your son? And she's like, oh, switch. or are they like, oh, is he causing havoc with Chopper? And I thought that was fantastic. <laughs> uh, how old is Jason at this point? Do we know? I think about nine. Nine? So, yeah, old enough to, to learn from Chopper, right? Yeah, he'll teach him how like,
2: to... Yeah, maybe a, little, maybe a little... No, nine sounds right. I, I think nine is right.
1: Yeah, maybe, and maybe uh, Nick, Nick Fry will teach him how to blow up three Imperial ships at once.
2: Yeah, maybe. I, I mean, I, they should just have, um, like, shouldn't Chopper be with them, like Ahsoka? Because he could kill everyone.
1: He's Hera's droid, though.
2: And he, I know, but like, he's your—he's the best war asset
1: ever. Yo, I think Ahsoka has her droid.
3: Do uh, Do you think that Jason becomes a student on Luke's eventual school at some point?
1: That wouldn't end up good for him.
3: No, but I'm just, I'm wondering, because he does say he wants to be a Jedi, and there is somebody building a new Jedi school, so I wonder if that ever happens.
1: I think we're more likely to be either Ahsoka teaches uh, Jason, or or uh, if we find Ezra, Ezra teaches Jason.
0: I like the Ezra angle.
1: Yeah. Sort of reverse the dynamic of his father taught him, now he's teaching the his father's son. Yeah, I like it. All right, so let's go to some of these. Now, we'll go back to the ship. You'll spend with Ahsoka Sabine the rest of the way here. So Ahsoka's a conversation with Sabine here, like, talking about, like, the methods of the of, the, of teaching the Force. And we do have a good point here, Pete, where, like, Ahsoka, Sabine's like, hey, I can't do this. Ahsoka's like, hey, the Force is in everyone. You know, like, you can, like, it's just not taught the same way. So, like, you have to be open to it. And I do think that it's a fun thing that is in canon, technically, several times.
0: Yeah, um not to say this is overplayed because I don't think it's overplayed. I just think it was a very like forced hand, not no pun intended. Um you know, it's just like it's the it's the feel good moment of the show like anyone can do it. It's, everyone teaches it different ways and you have the force in you. It's okay even though she can't move the cup or whatever and I think um it makes sense for canon. It's not it's not uh so far fetched, but I I think that it's okay to have non-force wielding People in Star Wars. I don't think we need every single main character for the most part being a force wielder. We went away with it with Mandalorian, um, you know, uh, and Andor. It's 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 okay if Sabine can't become a Jedi, in my opinion.
1: Uh, Nick D, what do you think? Because they do get this scene in Rebels where Hera and or or uh Kane is teaching her how to use the dark saber and he basically says to her, like, hey, like everyone has the ability to use the force. It's not some magical secret that only certain people are born with, but like you have to be open to it. So I do think built on that a little bit.
3: Yeah. I think it's cool too. Cause um, you know, everybody's first introduction to the force is a new hope. Obi-Wan saying, you know, the force is everything it's around us it's everywhere. So I think uh, Star Wars kind of started to go away from that a little bit. And it seemed like only special people can have it. And I think they're trying to bring back that idea of everybody can use it. And, um, I mean, she even says afterwards with when Ahsoka's talking to Hu Yang, she's like, I don't need her to be a Jedi. I just need her to be Sabine. her. And yeah, and maybe her embracing what whatever her connection to the Force is, it doesn't have to mani- manifest itself as force powers and and all this other crazy stuff. She could just be in tune with herself and be the best version of herself. And maybe that's what Ahsoka is trying to get out of her.
2: Uh, Nick, for, you want to add something on this? Yeah, well, first of all, I completely agree with Nick uh, D on how Star Wars kind of got away from that with Force-sensitive beings. It was like, oh, is Finn Force-sensitive? That was a big secret in Rise of Sky. Well, everyone is. I mean, sensitive maybe a a, a bit of a – maybe using that term generously, but, like, everyone has the ability to do it. It's just a matter of if you can train it and learn to wield it. That's the difference. So it works very well with Ahsoka and Mando, excuse me, uh, and Mando not being able to do it. I completely agree with Pete on that sense. But everyone has that, every living thing has that power within them. And, and something I wanted to touch on, on here, on this part is a lot of people ask with this show or not just this show. Well, actually, yeah, with this show is why didn't Ahsoka want to train Grogu? Well, Well, she's training Sabine. And I think it's very obvious, and I think we got the answer already. And I think if you're missing it, it, you shouldn't have missed it. It's that she clearly doesn't want to train Grogu because she tried training Sabine, and it didn't work. At the point in the story that we met her in Mando Season 2 was before this, so she hadn't tried reconnecting with Sabine, and she's at the point where she had failed with with Sabine, so she didn't want to train Grogu. And that's very, very self-explanatory. And I don't blame her for that at all. And lastly... I really like when she says that I don't need her to be a Jedi. I just need her to be herself. Because I think that is a way of showing that she is a Jedi. I know she says I'm no Jedi, but like she's more Jedi than most people are in this part of the timeline. And she realizes the wrong ships of the Jedi, the things they did wrong in their time, which was having all these labels and being like, you're, you're put into the Jedi as a Jedi Knight and you're forced to either be a politician or a soldier or both. And it's like, well, why? Why can't you just be a Jedi? Why can't you just do things to help people? And, like, I think she sees the flaws in that. Obviously, she sees the flaw in the Jedi. So she's kind of saying, she doesn't need to be a Jedi, like Jedi. You need to be, follow the rules, watch where the robes, have this thing on your head. No, just be Sabine. And if you can help us, great.
1: Yeah. Before we move on to the, this is the, the Hugh Yang territory. I'm going to throw up, I know it's going to be a lot of blowback, and oh, oh like, so Bean's not a Jedi. She shouldn't be blurring this one. There's uh, no connection to the Force. This is from the man himself, George Lucas. This is from uh, Star Wars Only on Twitter here, but this quote up here. And he says, A lot of people get confused about the Force. They see it as some special thing you can find and pick up and put it on your head, and suddenly you have the Force. Or it's always been designed so that every living being has the Force. The amount of Force is like the talent or intelligence is different in every person. Some is inherited, but it's no more than a talent. It's not something that you can acquire. It's something you can learn to use. I have the power to lift that cup off the table using the Force, but I can't do it unless I've been trained to do it. That's from the man himself, George Lucas P.
0: Can I... This is what confuses me. I I feel like this is a huge issue with Star Wars canon. Because don't we learn in Episode 1 that Anakin has a midichlorian level that is the thing that allows you to have the Force? Like, everyone just has midichlorians in this galaxy? Like, I feel like they made it clear in Episode 1 that... You no, you're misunderstanding. These, I'm sorry. You're
2: misunderstanding.
0: I, I guess I am because I. No, I the the, the midi like
2: are like a way to determine your your power, if you will. Everyone has the force. Everyone has some midi count. So just it's it's your, it's your connection to the force. Everyone has some sort of connection to the force. It's the level of connection.
0: Yeah, I yeah, get. I guess. I guess, uh, I guess that wasn't what i picked up then i got i mean i guess that makes my point moot. i just i just that was just something i was on the forefront of my head
2: can i ask a dumb question to the group and it's it's not even mike can you can you go back to that screen please sure and it's not star wars related i just don't understand something on the second paragraph at the end here it says whereas it's always been designed so every living being has for if this is a quote What is living and why are there brackets around it? Did he not say living and they're just assuming he said it? I think that he didn't say the actual word. I think that's why they put it in there.
0: Well, they're wrong because force ghosts are a thing and Obi-Wan is not living and he still has the force.
2: So like, what what does that mean, though, when you put the the brackets around it? I I think that means in, in, in English.
0: I think like I think implied, that means I right? could be wrong, hundred percent. And people are listening. Please correct us if, if we're wrong. I think that means that in the quote, as George Lucas was talking, he said, "So that every being has the Force," and then someone edited it afterwards, or they're assuming he meant living being.
1: Yeah, I think they tried think. to clarify. Am I, so, am I right, on that? right on that? I think I you're saying. right, but I, I
2: don't know. That's what I was.
1: Saying. But
0: but that's still. Whoever edited that it makes no sense because there's a lot of non living beings that still live within the or or are still with the Force. So I just don't get that part either. I
2: think when he said this, it was before force ghosts had ability to impact the real world, which became a thing in the last Jedi. Yeah. When Yoda decided to strike lightning down on the on the on the the ancient texts, yeah. as Luke says.
0: Yeah, but don't you need force to just be there in general? As a force yeah, yeah. ghost? It's in True. the name.
1: And Nick can anyway. the sacred text he was blowing up.
2: That's right. Yeah, and he gets all mad, and there's the mean of it. Like yeah. The sacred texts.
1: Yeah, you can't you can't forget that the word. That's the correct word here. All right, so let's go to the Hu, Hu Yang part of this here because this is a good conversation here, Nick also, Nick D. Also, where uh Sabine and Ahsoka talks to who Yang about Sabine, and he's he's like, I don't understand why we're wasting our time training her. She has no ability. Like she's not like like a Jedi, and, he, and he's like you know, the, the Jedi ways were wrong. Like they clearly failed. And he's like, all right, you came from a whole line of unorthodox Jedi himself. So I did think it was fun to see Ahsoka sort of build on that narrative that, Oh, like this lineage of the Jedi was like not follow the traditional way. And like we saw a traditional way did not work.
3: Yeah. I mean, for those, I guess, who are jumping in without knowing what happened in clone wars, like the, uh, the Jedi way really, uh, really screwed over Ahsoka, uh, a lot. And, uh, you know, everybody that was supposed to be a part of this order didn't believe her because of the Jedi codes and all this, Um, and it, it failed. It like it it straight up failed. They were turned into. Well, we don't need to go into the whole Clone Wars thing, but she she's one of the few people around right now that witnessed it. Bef- what it was like before and what it's like now, and she sees that it didn't work. So why teach something that failed, right? Like ad- you got to adapt, and I think that that whole adapting thing kind of comes into play into the next scene, which we'll get into how Ahsoka kind of on the fly adapts and they come out of their situation. So I think Ahsoka's just doing what she thinks she has to do at this point. Yeah,
2: yeah and, and he mentions a long line of, un, what was the word he used? Unoriginal? Unorthodox? Unorthodox, uh, yeah. So think about the line, it was Ahsoka obviously, or Sabine at the bottom and Ahsoka. Anakin pretty unorthodox, right? Yep. Obi-Wan, an exception. Qui-Gon, very unorthodox. Count Dooku, very unorthodox. So, yeah, it's very true.
1: Yeah, and Pete, we did see this as well in the uh, T- Tales of the Jedi with Dooku episodes when we saw, like, how he wanted to do, like, his own thing. And the Jedi were like, no, 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 you can't you can't car outside the line. That's where I pushed him out of the order.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've been saying this since Revenge of the Sith and all all those movies, the the prequel movies. The Jedi Order is completely responsible for all the bad Jedi that come out of that. I mean, they have literally had a stranglehold on all of them, and you can see that with Anakin to the extreme, right? Uh, So it's not surprising that it happened with Ahsoka and Clone Wars, and I think the droid who is helping the Jedi Order is going to have they're programming to be all for the Jedi Order, whether they're good or bad. So it makes sense that Hu Yang's like, yeah, you come from or- unorthodox methods. Like, of course, this is good for you. Um, and it's kind of throwing shade, if you will, at Ahsoka, uh, you know, instead of complimenting it, I think.
1: Yeah, Nick D, don't you want to kind of figure out how they link back up at some point, get the or sort of like how Sabine found Hu Yang again. So I mean, Ahsoka found Hu Yang and said, hey, like, let's work together.
3: Yeah, right, because he, he's just kind of thrown in, but... Okay. I guess it's not important, really, how they found. I think it, the important thing is that Huyang kind of represents this classic way, and Ahsoka is supposed to show like there's he's there to be this counter to like this is the way it's supposed to be. Ahsoka's like, no, this is the way it's going to be, kind of thing. So,
1: yeah, let's get now to the to the big dogfight, which is the action set piece of the episode here, where they arrive outside of Ceto's and they see the big the big uh, hyperspace range mount. Later on, but it is, they get attacked by. Uh, Shinhti, Merrick, and and four other aliens were working with them here, in ships here. And Nick Fry, I did like the scene here where like Sabine goes down to the gunner the gunner ship here. Soka first says, "Hey, anticipate this," and she's like, "I can't do it." And who Yank says, "Hey, like adapt to her," and then they sort of adapt to the style, and it works. And they end up working together very well in this fight.
2: are you are you saying this is your second time kind of referencing it that uh, Sabine is the new Luke Skywalker? Yeah, a little bit. She wears the mask, she gets into the gunner, helps out with a couple of attacking um shit. pilots, whatever they are. Yeah. Enemy fighters. And uh yeah, they, they 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 won. She did a good job and good advice from Huang. Huang's Huang
1: was really good. Yeah, apart from the part where he was like talking shit about Sabine. Like other than that, he was fine.
2: Yeah, I know I like him as a droid a lot because he's funny, but he's not a He's not a comedic droid. Like he's not meant to be funny, but he does have some humor. Like, uh, like, like I love K two S O. He was a fantastic droid. He's hilarious. But like, his whole thing was comedy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like Yang is funny, but it's not like his only trait as a character.
1: Yeah, is is funny, and we do see that Yang is trying to scan this ring and figure out what's going on with this. They have to get in close, so it takes a long time for to do the scan. They vulnerable to like. The the Eye of Scion they're calling it has a bunch of super lasers. Basically, he finished the scan right in time for Ahsoka's ship to get basically knocked out. And they're dead in the water for a minute here, Pete. And things look dire for Ahsoka's sides. I'm going to buy us some time for Sabine to repair the ship. She walks outside in a mag suit, lights her lights up, and fights off the the other ships in space with her lightsabers. What did you think about this?
0: Um... It was cool, but did anyone else find it a little bit corny? It, it almost it, it's not as bad as the whole Leia coming back to the ship from mid-space, but it almost is like, OK, really, like she's going to go out and fight these these fighter jet spaceships with her lightsabers like I it just it was cool. And I always say we were talking about a show with light swords and fantasy stuff. So there's no explaining it. But it just, it had that kind of feel. I was like, okay, like it's cool, but like we could have found something else. It's okay. Um, but all in all, uh, I guess it did the job, right? So yeah, Nick Fred, Yeah, uh, yeah Nick That's Fred. not
3: the first time she's done that, by the way. That she's done that before with Anakin, yeah. that yeah. whole fighting on the space thing. So
1: yeah, they did it in Clone Wars. So, Nick Friana, what did you think about this one, besides the fact that we're here for the meme with this one?
2: So, I, I think it, when I first saw it, you know, because we were texting in the group, I, I thought it was like, oh, boy. Oh, no. What are they doing? But then I realized this is Star Wars. This is not like they're doing this in, um, I don't know, you know, something real. I can't think of anything real. They're not like they're doing this in CSI. Yeah, not doing it in Gravity. You know? yeah uh, this is this is star wars it's not a real show i mean it's a real show but it's not a real you know, not a real world so it's okay and then i also kind of realized well they did this in clone wars twice they did it in i think it's season two episode one and season two episode two they did it in rebels a few times so like this is not that crazy just because we saw something in animation and they bring it over to live action we always say you should keep it the same like for tad bane he didn't look right or the grand inquisitor he looked terrible he looked nothing like the guy and then finally bring something over from animation to canon or excuse me, from animation to live action that is right on the money. And I guess it, to me, it's it's okay. I don't have a problem with it at all.
0: So before you go, Mike, I totally forgot about that. Yeah. Makes me feel a little bit better about it.
2: Yeah. They've done it before.
1: Like a
0: a little bit, you know, I know an animations card, but like, I totally forgot about that. And then when both Nick said it, I was, I was like, okay, now I sound like a jackass.
2: Yeah, I also like Nick D, the classic. Well, I forgot about it last night. And when I saw it last night, I remember I texted Mike and said, This is, they're going to take a lot of heat for this. This is, what the hell is going on here?
1: Yeah. And Nick D, I also did like the fact that, like, we see a soap juice maneuver before where she's, like, deflecting lasers or lights with her uh, lightsabers. And then she's basically sliced the ship in half with her own lightsaber. That was pretty cool.
3: Yeah. And um, it was, uh, I think it's just what that also shows is there's been a subtle thing going on throughout this whole show with showing how just in tune Ahsoka is with everything. So like, you know, the, the last episode when the lightsabers flying back, she just slightly gets out of the way of it. And then this one, now the, uh, the gravity's different. Like, so she has to time everything a little bit better. Um, And I like that they ended uh, when it happened in my head, I was thinking like, please, please, please don't do the Mary Poppins fly back (laughs) to the ship. Like, please, please, please. And I'm glad they ended it with a joke of her just being like, you got it. Cool. Now, uh, can you pick me up as she's just slowly, like, drifting away? Like, so, I think bringing it home that way versus Ahsoka just being like, watch me fly in space now was the right way to do it.
1: Yeah, I think that did work much better here. And uh, we do see Sabine repairs the ship. They do fly down to the planet, and they run
2: into uh, Pete's old friends, the space whales. So, one problem before we get to the space whales that I had was, why are they not shooting the ship, and why are they shooting her? They're they're morons, that's the easiest answer. They're just, they're just completely distracted by her lightsabers where if they just shot the ship over so I, guess, I guess the whole
3: point is to get Ahsoka right their mission is to kill Ahsoka so you kill the ship they all die right I, I, I guess but you would think you know they don't they haven't seen any other Jedi she's the only one that um what's her name has seen is like the guy that's training her so she's probably like she's on the ship easy target let's just shoot her not knowing that Ahsoka's all gonna right, do yeah, some yeah, like I crazy see. flips
0: yeah. maybe yeah. I don't know
1: yeah I don't know but like Pete, are
0: you excited to see the space whales in live action? I've uh, given the space whales a lot of shit uh, <laughs> <laughs> on this podcast. It was pretty cool seeing them in live action. I have to, I have to give them that one. I mean, it it ties everything in. I uh, at least they didn't do anything corny with them, so I actually was okay. And actually, I was, I was very excited to see. I was like, oh look, space whales in live action. They were pretty cool.
1: And yeah, we got the tease of them with the Nick D in Mandalorian, where we see uh, Grogu staring out the window, looking at the Fergils in the hyperspace. Now you get to see them full on. That was pretty cool.
3: Yeah, seeing them far away was totally different. Seeing them up close, it's uh it did a really good job of scale of them. Because even like that in Rebels, like you you see them, but this was just a completely different scope, like flying alongside of them. Um, it was funny in the. The, the group watch as soon as the space whales come out i think me and you mike at the same time we were like oh pete's gonna love this you know <laughs> like wherever you are <laughs> yeah
1: so we did mention that here and uh nick for they do use the space whales has cover up uh, land the ship safely in the in the middle of the forest and get away from this thing here but interesting point here we bring up here is that shin hati and, and marik are flying along uh trying to find them in this mess here and marik appears to, like not at the whales; he's acknowledging them here which does add some Fuel to the fire for your theory here that Marek is secretly Ezra. So I
2: have a bunch of theories here. That That's one of them. I want to discuss, I want to go around here, kind of give your opinions, give your theories, whatnot. So I have two theories and one opinion. My the first theory is Ezra. We already talked about it. So I need to go into detail on that already. I think that it, he was kind of vulnerable in the rebels show. Makes sense. I also said last week that I thought it was a droid. That was ridiculous. I don't think that's possible. Um, the other thing everyone's talking about is that he's potentially Star Killer, And I think that's holds a lot of water to it because ex- I was laughing when you said this earlier, Nick D at the top of the show, when you were going through your sequel pitch and you were saying that, how cool would it be if both parts of Anakin's life are here? I think that's what's happening here. So you're talking about this in the sequel show. I think that's what's happening here with Ahsoka and Merrick being, if Merrick is Star Killer, that is now, obviously he'd be heavily nerfed from the way he was in the, Uh, game or games but it holds a lot of water and that's something that Dave Filoni is kind of known to do is like if there's an opportunity to make a cameo or put someone in there he does it now lastly though my opinion on the matter I'm perfectly fine with either of those I think Ezra would be a little strange it'd be hard to explain but I'm perfectly okay with Marek just being Marek I'm not uh, like if he's if it's just you find out at the end it was just nobody he takes his mask off it's like who's this guy or he just dies and we never find out I'm okay with that I don't we don't need it to be someone to do a callback they they don't have to do that and I actually think it'd be a big step a big step in the right direction for Faloney as a director if he wasn't anyone. Because as I mentioned earlier, it's always someone. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and uh Nick D, I do think here. I think the Marek angle, I don't think it's Ezra because they have a detailed backstory on StarWars.com about this character. He's one of the last Inquisitors. He's been around for a long time, so I don't think I'm jive with Ezra being it, but Starkiller can make sense here, and I also point out that Sam Witwer is in the voice cast of this show under additional voices, so it would not shock me if like we pulled the mask off at Sam Witwer playing like a, either Starkiller or a brand new character.
3: He also says, when he's given an order, he says as you wish in a very uh vader-esque way or maybe that's maybe that's digging for something i don't know but uh you know uh i i don't think it's ezra star killer would be cool because i think Feloni has even gone on record saying he likes star killer and he's tried to bring him in before but it, it didn't work out um but yeah there's also something to that just like what if it's just what if it's just he is who he is and that's yeah, it. Like, it doesn't have to be anything, but that's part of the fun of this, right? We, we're we finally, like, when's the last time we were excited and speculating something like this, so uh, if it ends up being nobody, it's just the dude, then, yeah, that's fine. It doesn't take away from anything.
1: Yeah, and P, remember the last time we had this sort of speculation a Star Wars show was, like, who's gonna train Grogu, and we have all sorts of theories on the board, and all of a sudden, oh, look, it's Luke Skywalker.
0: Yeah, I mean, this could be out of left field. I, I still like my Barris Afi pick. I... You know, I don't and, and correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think we get much closure on the character when it comes to the Clone Wars after she's taken away to jail. Um, so she's a, supposedly out there. I mean, she would be around Ahsoka's age, right? Um, the mask can change the voice, so it doesn't necessarily have to be a man in there. Ask my um, friend Kylo yeah. Ren. Huh?
1: Said, ask my friend Kyla Ren about that.
0: Right. So I still think it's Barriss Offee. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep going for it. I need to okay. win a character draft. That's actually okay. really why I'm doing it.
2: I'm sorry. What the happened? character's name is what? Marik. You look
3: like you had oh. an epiphany just now.
2: Yeah, his name is Marek, right? Yeah. What's the name of Star Killer? Malik. Galen Marrick. Galen, yeah.
0: All right, I mind. mean, if it's not
2: hi- if it's not him, they're <laughs> at least poor- they're at least making you think it's him, right? It could be homage. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I, I will I say just, this I though. Just want, I don't think I Sam Witwer the voice. <laughs> I just want one point in the character. Yeah.
3: I think he'll,
2: I think you'll get one.
0: <laughs> well, so far,
3: all you guys want one point. So, <laughs> yeah.
2: Yes. I don't think Sam Whitler is the voice because he's listed as additional voices in episode two, and or whatever episode one, whatever one it was. I think episode two, and then he's still listed as additional voices in episode three. But the name of the guy who plays Merrick is there. I mean, it could it's be- Merrick and it's Paul. Something they yeah. wouldn't. Do, you, do you know, like He be- played. They in the first episode they said he did only the body of him. In the third episode they said he plays him. Yeah. You can't lie about the credits. It could still be the, the guy in the suit. No, but it gives him his full credit. They yeah. specifically specified after the first two episodes that he was only doing the motion capture or whatever they call it. And in three, it does not specify, meaning he's doing all of it.
1: All right, well, we'll see if they they made a mistake or if that's actually true here. But let's get to the end of the episode here where they settle down on the planet here. Hu Yang basically wakes back up because he'd been shut down. His backup battery kicks in. He gives them the information on the... uh, A big big eye of Scion here. And, uh, Pete, this turns out, like, this is a big hyperspace ring, sort of like the rings that Obi-Wan used in the prequels to take his ship and fly to different parts of the galaxy, except... Is being powered by six hyperdrives and is designed to go to potentially other galaxies here. So we basically have learned that they, they the uh, team Elva, thinks that Thrawn's a different galaxy. They're going to try and build this thing to go get to him.
0: I mean, I think we learned this a little bit earlier than last episode, right? I mean, I feel like this, this was on the map um, with a big line going to a different galaxy. And I think that was the plan from the get-go. So this, to me, I kind of assumed that that's what it was uh the means to get to thrawn you needed something bigger than what we had in the prequels uh so it wasn't such a big surprise or a big like aha moment like oh that's what it is um but yeah i mean let's let's see if they can get it up and running and they can use it and we can i mean i'm assuming we're gonna get thrown at some point we saw him in the trailer so i'm assuming we're gonna use that at some point in the show
1: yeah uh nick fry any reaction to that
2: i agree with pete i i have a prediction on what's going to happen but i agree with pete like we this is that's what we're doing
1: is we're doing here and nick d we do end the episode here with uh Bale and skull basically like, in in the middle of Cetos with the a bunch of the hk droids and some aliens like they've the jedi have gone to hide in the forest hunt them down that's how we end the episode here so a good setup here it does feel like when i watch the stuff, like this episode could have gone next week and sort of had like an hour plus. They might just chopped in half. Here. So, okay. Here's a good stopping point.
3: Yeah, because um, right, they, they've they've landed on the ship. They don't really have anywhere to go, and now uh, they're in trouble. So that's that's the perfect way to end the cliffhanger. I just wonder with Balin, like he he see, he seemed so conflicted about killing them. So I and to see him so like get them now, like I I'm I don't know. I'm not sure what's going to happen with that, but uh, yeah, that's, that's a good way to end the episode.
1: All right. So that's the end of the episode here. Let's get to those stuff for keep track of the end of every episode here. We'll start with the character draft here, which for the second week in a row, there's no action here. So team Pete is Rex, Moff Gideon, the aforementioned Barris, Afi, and the Martez sisters. Team Mike is Zeb, Admiral Pelion, Mando, and Luke Skywalker. Team Nick is Agent Kallus, Bo-Katan, Carson Tava, and Obi-Wan Kenobi here. So, Nick D, after th- after three episodes, how are you feeling about these teams? Who do you think has the best chance right now?
3: I'm surprised. I Nick, I, I thought we were gonna get Carson Tava like in the first scene of the first episode. Uh I, I think uh but we're
2: gonna get him again today too, or yesterday whenever we watched the episode when we went to the, the fleet.
3: Yeah, I think uh I think if Barris Offie ends up being the masked person, then I think that's Pete's way in. Uh I don't know. It's it's up in the air. before the before the season started. I thought that I liked Nick's team, and I think Mike had a high ceiling. But the way it's been going now, I have no idea.
1: I will say that I feel very, I feel much better about the Pelion. Peg. I feel like he's definitely going to show up at some point.
0: Uh, let me uh, let me ask you a question. Do I get like retroactive points if it is Beresofy? Yes. Or do I only get the points once we know it's Beresofy? If that's no, right.
2: I would say you get to the retroactive points. You, yeah, you'd that's, have to. Yeah,
0: that's 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 literally that, that needs that's my sleeper pick. That needs to pull huge get, numbers for me because
1: you would be up to like I think was it two episodes that he appeared in the three?
0: Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, two of the three.
2: I'm I, I I'm just a little concerned for one thing. Um, so like obviously pete you had the first pick i think it's a no-brainer that you took rex i think that was that was the pick at the time that was the justin jefferson in the draft there was no complaints there was no arguments but the way the story's going i don't know how he's gonna fit in here
1: i i think i have a theory on that one i'll save it for the end of the podcast but i will that's that's, that's part of my predictions here
2: well, okay because i have a prediction too for the end of the episode so i'm, I'm excited to hear all the, everyone's predictions so let's Let's keep going. Let's move uh, on to our trackers. Yeah, we're only updating the trackers that hit every week. We only had two hit this week in total here because
1: I was wrong with the plans. We didn't land on Seto. It's not a separate plan here. So just two popped up this week here. We had, th- we had uh, three more animated cameos this week. We're up to five overall, uh, Pete. We are up. We picked up now uh, Senator Giano from Resistance, Jason Sindula and the Space Whale. So three more. It's so up to five.
0: It's amazing. Um, as long as it's not overkill with the cameos, I'm good with it.
1: Yeah and But you know
0: I'm I'm in
2: disagreement on this. I think the planet should have been updated.
1: Yeah. Well it's we know it's the same planet, it's CETOS.
2: No, I think Coruscant should count.
1: I don't think it counts unless we land on the planet.
2: I, I know, I know what you think. I just don't agree.
1: Alright, so last but not least here, the other one that updates me lightsaber usage. Ahsoka lights are lightsabers to hold off on the outside of the ship, so nine times the lightsabers in lit Nick D in the show.
3: Yeah. And I, it's, <laughs> I feel like it's gonna be every episode. that's yeah. gonna happen,
2: Mike. When Ahsoka lights her lightsabers, is it one or two that we can't... I think one time it's lit.
3: <laughs> I, I agree, but that's something to, to talk he about. He's lighting two though, <laughs> yeah. so like if I if, if the... they had a dual one, like a mall one, if they light one side and then the other start fighting, <laughs> and then like after a few minutes of battle, light the other side. Is that now another light?
1: I think at least every time times the lightsaber was actually activated? So. This is one time she activates both of them.
3: Hmm.
1: Like if she did uh, one I, and then, I, I, and then the other would do two. I agree. Uh, all right. So now let's get to our MVP LVP board. This is the best and worst characters in the show thus far as picked by us. So we're going to start out here with our recap of the first two weeks. Baylin Skull on top of the leaderboard, plus two. Then our plus one. There's Sabine, Hera, and Chopper, the Rebels Trio, plus Huyang, also plus one negative ones morgan elsbeth and nick d ensign rick in honor of our guy who uh last week was screaming for the empire before he dies
3: that's our uh rick our rick the door technician shout out
1: yep said, yeah, call i call him ensign rick so we don't mix him up here uh then min weaver and captain hale negative two each so that's the current leaderboard right now entering uh week number three so pete start us out here this week who is your mvp of the week
0: Um, I I gotta go with Ahsoka. I feel like this was a a lot of showing what Ahsoka can do. Um, the story was, the the episode was pretty much around Ahsoka and Sabine. Um, and I just think she was the more interesting character and she did the most. Um, I have an honorable mention, but I'll wait till everyone else goes. But, uh, but yeah, Ahsoka for Um, sure for the MVP.
2: Nick Fry MVP. Same, uh, same reasons as Pete. Nothing to add. Uh, Nick D MVP.
3: Yeah, I mean, nothing, nobody else did anything really that notable to overdo what Ahsoka did. So, I mean, like, like, Hera was pretty, pretty good in trying to stand her convictions, but ultimately she didn't get what they wanted. So, I give it to Ahsoka also.
1: Like, for the sake of variety, I'm going to give Hera a point here for standing her ground in this situation and doing what she could to relay here. It's not her fault that the Senate's a bunch of morons who did not take her seriously. I mean, and she does put out his place when he she's like, "Hey, you didn't fight in the war. Like, you have no idea what you're dealing. With. He just waiting to see who won." So I think she earned respect for that from me.
0: Yeah, that was that was my honorable mention. I was going to say Hera was was right behind Ahsoka. I, I
2: actually have two more honorable mentions too. I don't think it's crazy to have given the point to Huang. I think he was really good and informative in the episode. And also, I don't think it's crazy to give Sabine the MVP. The MVP. She took down the fighters. She fixed the ship. I think everyone had a lot going on for them in this episode.
1: I think it's Sabine that actually managed to use the force and move the cup an inch, I would have given her my MVP point.
2: I mean, she was somewhat on your list. She was, she was in consideration. Yeah, all right. all right. But yeah, I think it was a good week for MVPs. All right. Now the other
1: way, the LVPs. Nick Friday, I know where you're going here. Start us off here.
2: I'm, I'm not going to give it to him. To what's his, whatever his name is. Senator <laughs> the King. senator. I'm going to give it to the New Republic as a whole. Yeah. The exact reasons that I mentioned earlier, you can't pretend the problem doesn't exist and hope it goes away. It's yeah. not going to happen. We know it doesn't happen. So, actually, I mean, well, technically, it doesn't. It, technically, this probably does go away, considering Thrawn is not in the sequels. It seems like this is still the remnants of the Empire rather than the First Order. But, be that as it may, your Republic is my LVP. Uh, Nick, D, your LVP.
3: Yeah, I mean, as... I, I I I guess I'll, I'll say the New Republic also. I was going to say specifically that council, but they're representing the entire New Republic at that point. And if um, I think if Mon Mothma had tried to stand or, or stand up for for Hera and tried to, maybe I would give it to just that one guy. But they're all they're all to blame. It's all of them.
1: Yeah, I'm going to single out Mon Mothma here for the for the LVP here because I think like unlike everybody else in that room, she knows exactly what Thrawn is and what Thrawn is dealing with here. And like, she has somebody, she clearly trusts Hera and she's not taking her seriously enough to weigh, weigh in with this group. It may not have mattered, but I think she had the, the right um, like amount of information to take what Hera was t- telling her and say, guys, we should think hard about this. Like, this is a big deal. If we have people looking for this guy, maybe he could come back. That's bad news. So I'll dock her a point for that here. So Pete, you want to wrap us up?
0: I'm I'm doing the same as well. Mothma is fully responsible for that. In a democracy and something like that, people are going to have opinions. Their opinions can be right or wrong and different, whatever that case may be. She was in the rebellion. She fought alongside all the stuff that's going on with Hera. She's the only one out of that council, as far as I know, that has any experience with what was going on with Thrawn. And for her to just sit there and let people, as the leader, let people just go, yeah, we're not going to help you and prevent another war, possibly? That, that's on you you're the leader you're supposed to have these conversations continue to debate that was decided if if everything that we saw was the whole discussion was decided in a matter of two minutes and i feel like to prevent another war of a two-minute discussion you're the leader going yeah they're right And we'll me see you later i gotta give her the lvp all
1: right let's go down to the grades here on a scale of one to ten. One is uh up there not with the worst 1978 holiday special 10 is up there at the prison break episode and or because of the greatness of a star wars episode here so nick d your grade.
2: great what do i always tell our guests though mike i know nick knows but i always tell our guests yeah it's no, not it's not school yes that's right it's right. not school five is okay. average not 75
3: so yesterday at the end of it i was like that was like a five or a six because i was like too short but like after i mean look at all the conversations conversations this episode brought up so i think this is actually at thinking about it, i think this is actually a really good episode and i don't think it was as good as one and two but i don't think it was that bad i'm i'm gonna go with like a I don't know i'll set the bar here i'm gonna give it an eight i think a lot of really good stuff happened in it
1: yeah i'm gonna give it a i got a 7.5 i feel like this one is like it's solid like it's above average episode here for my drawbacks are a it's too short and b i do think like we I could have used like another scene somewhere of like maybe on the hair side, maybe something more of team Elsbeth. I think like we need a little bit more of something else to bump this up for me. So Pete, what's your grade?
0: I'm as high as nine right now. Um, I'm docking it for the time. I'm docking it for the. Not, I want to say lack of story because there was a bunch of story in there, but it wasn't as much as the first two episodes. But the reason why it's so high for me, just like the first two episodes, is I want to know what happens next week. It's going, um, it's going to be a long week for me. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's coming next. And again, I don't think I've had that happen. Even in The Mandalorian, I have not had that happen in a Disney Plus live action Star Wars show. So that's why it's still really high for me. So give me a nine.
1: Uh, Nick Franta, you're great.
0: I'm giving it an eight.
2: I think it's great. Um, my only negatives on it are it's, it was way too short. And also, this is not something I can really hold against the episode, but are you ever going to go back and rewatch this episode?
1: <laughs> Probably not.
2: Probably not. And it's not it's and that's not really fair because just because it doesn't mean it wasn't good. Like not everything needs to be like how Game of Thrones does their episode 9 of every season is the big episode. It doesn't mean the other ones are bad. They're still great episodes, but they're not like the big action-packed episodes. That doesn't mean it's bad. It's not really a fair knock, but it is true I'm not going to go back and rewatch it. All right. So
3: what so, what well, well, before you Transition on while we are on the topic of grades, there's actually a because I, I have this live stream right now. There's a question for Pete that kind of ties into grades. So somebody in the Twitch chat says uh, question for Pete. You said Ahsoka is better than Mando season one and two. Is that true?
0: I think so. I mean, I, we can have a debate about this for sure. But I mean, I think Mandalorian was so good because it was new and it had Baby Yoda. If you look at the the meat and potatoes of the show, it's very repetitive. Very repetitive. Let's go on a mission. We need our money, save the baby. Let's get the hell out of here. That's literally all the show is. Um, I think this show is not only a continuation of Rebels, but it, it does it really well. It brings back characters that you are that you loved in Rebels, but also is giving it new story, a new look at it because it's a live action from an animation. It gives you that kind of that that uh, excitement. And also, too, like I just said, I 100%, percent am waiting, uh, very excited for the next episode. I'm like, ooh, I wonder what happens next. Mandalorian, I was saying that was really good, but I wasn't like, ooh, what's going to happen next, except for maybe the whole who's going to train Grogu thing in season two. But right now, and it, I know it's very early to say, I think the first three episodes, episodes of Ahsoka are way better than the first three episodes of Mando season one.
1: All right. So hmm. glad that question got answered here. Let's get now to our predictions for next week here. I'll start us out here. I got two things here I'm going to say here. Number one, I think that we do get a that scene in the trailer where we have the two simultaneous lightsaber fights going on. I think that that's going to happen next week. I think Ahsoka gets injured in that one. That sort of leads us to a point where like we're going to have the rumored flashback-heavy episode five, where maybe like her consciousness going back in memory while she's fighting to stay alive. And I think also the depiction that I was talking about with Nick Ferretta is that I think Hera's going to start making moves on the side because she's going to not want to sit this one out. She's going to start trying to reach out to contacts and try and get some. Help together on the goes to go help out the team, Team Ahsoka here. So, Pete, what do you think?
0: Yeah, I mean, you kind of pretty much took what I was thinking. Um, I think Hera's gonna go and try to help Ahsoka at some point because the ship is damaged or dead. It's not, it's not damaged when it went down the plant, right? They just did that as a cover. They could still fly out of there if they want to. Am I correct in that?
1: I think the hyperdrive is damaged.
0: Okay. I mean, that's always the case in Star Wars. It's always the fucking hyperdrive. <laughs> uh, but I, uh, yeah, I think you're right. I think Hera's going to try to band together a bunch of people. We're going to get a bunch more cameos, and they're going to use that as the fleet to hopefully find or help Ahsoka and find Thrawn and Ezra. Uh,
2: Nick, Friday, your prediction. So I completely agree with your uh, idea with Hera. But I think that'll only be half the episode, though. So completely agree she's going to build her Avengers, you know? She's going to go out and recruit. But... I think the other side of the episode is going to be Ahsoka and Sabine trying to stop this hyperspace ring or destroy it. And they're going to fail. And all of them, meaning Ahsoka, um, Sabine, Morgan, Balin, Marek, and what's the one's name? Shinati. And Shinhadi are going to go to where Ezra and Thrawn are. I think the end of the episode is going to be them showing up or leaving, like getting into hyperspace, like, oh no, we're in here with it. Well, it's moving. Boom. And they're all going to go there and they're going to find Ezra and Thrawn then in episode five, which is the Filoni episode. Like I know they're kind of all Filoni episodes, but you know what I mean? Like it's the, it's the Filoni directed ones. I think episode five is going to be the one where we actually see Thrawn and see Ezra and see where they were and all that and all cameo happy. Uh, Nick D, your last thought for the predictions.
3: Yeah, I don't think I can add anything else. I think everybody's, I think we have a good idea of where this is going to go. I think the only thing that I'll add is at the very. I think this episode is going to end with the the hyperspace thing. It's gonna, it's gonna go, and I think like the last thing that's going to happen is Ahsoka and Sabine and everybody that's on the planet are going to get on it last minute and then get pushed off into this new thing. And I'm wondering if Filoni's episode is the new galaxy, but that's. That's how I think it. At least it'll end.
1: So you think basically it's going kind of with the ring just jetting off into hyperspace, and that's the end of the episode.
3: Yeah, and it's but like Ahsoka and Sabine are just barely going to get on, and then it goes off into the unknown credits.
2: All right, so, so yeah, kind of with you. So I kinda feel like they're going to get in there, and then Episode Five is going to be them in what do they call it in Guardians of the Galaxy Three? New Earth. New Earth. Is that what it was? Yeah, I think so.
1: So they're going to go to New Earth. All right, so there we have it. That's what we got going on for this week here. Uh, Nick T, thanks for coming on here. And I know you has a special message you want to pass along here to the audience. So.
3: Yeah, thanks for having me. So um, instead of doing a personal plug, uh, today, the day that the podcast airs, is International Overdose Awareness Day. So um, instead of plugging my own channel, I want to plug uh, uh If anybody is out there and they're, they're struggling or they know somebody who they think needs help or you just need to talk about somebody you know that's died of an overdose or anything there's um you're not alone and there's a lot of really good resources out there so if you uh there's no better time than now to get help so if you need anything like that go there
1: well said nick i'm gonna put that in the show notes people want to follow that link and use that resource it's very helpful here uh thank you for coming on as always pete people want to follow you on social media how can they do that
0: yeah same as always at pjconcentatory29 on twitter
1: uh nick Fred, one more time can you follow us on social media if they want to do that
2: at Sky Guys Podcast, it is on Instagram, we are on Twitter, we are on Threads, and we are on TikTok.
1: All right, that's all. You can follow me on social media, Mphilips 331 it's mphilips331. i got two episodes of Just on the Suffering Podcast this week. Did our fantasy football preview with NBC Sports Edge's Kyle DeVorchak. John Stanko came on, Pete, we did some fall movie talk. That was a lot of fun here. And uh, Nick Frietta, like, our, 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 I talked about winning time with Jeff Roman.
2: Yeah, I'm a little behind on the show. I really got to catch up, and I'm going to listen to that once I'm caught. Do I have to listen? Do I have to watch to catch up? Do you speak about the episode individually, or do you speak just to the show as a whole? Speak in general, I think there's stuff for episode four we do discuss, however. So, yes, I, I, I'm only on... I don't even know if I watched two yet. Yeah. No, I watched two. I didn't watch three and four, though. Yeah, so catch up. Check episode out. I highly recommend it. Yeah, I definitely will. All right,
1: that's all for us this week. We'll be back next week for part four of Ahsoka. But until then, may the Force be with you.